Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Adam Harris on the line. Adam, how are you today? Uh, fantastic. Thanks for asking. Great to have you on the show. Uh, so why don't you share a little bit about you and this awesome organization you run? Uh, Cloudbeds, sure. So background on me, born and raised Southern California, San Diego. Um, made my way up to the Bay Area for a little bit, did some finance, and then came back to the best city in the world. Um, about 10 years ago, we, uh, we being my co-founder and I, Rich Castle, another San Diego local, uh, decided to start a travel company, uh, more specifically a travel tech company. And one of the things that we both shared was a love of travel. Uh, I've been to 57 different countries. He's up there as well. And we've had some amazing experiences. And we've also had those, uh, the, the ones that, that tell stories for days. And, and I think both of those types of adventures um, shape you. And what we realized in the hotel sector was there wasn't this sort of trickle-down effect or this democratization of travel technology. The big brands, the Marriott's, the Hilton's, the Accor's of the world had sort of the best tech, or at least were trying to leverage the best tech. These little independents, which was what Rich and I sought after when we went to go travel around the world, they were hodgepodging 14 different systems together to try to make their lives um, somewhat manageable. Um, that took tremendous amount of time, staff training. There's all sorts of bottlenecks and, and, and reasons we don't need to get in today, but it was a problem um, and a problem shared by about a million and a half properties in the world. And so what we did was we decided to sort of ground up, develop what we thought was the perfect way of running um, your hotel or your vacation rental business through a suite of uh, solutions. And basically, at the end of the day, 10 years later, we slide across uh, slide across the table a box and inside that box is your complete um, sort of hotel operating system of, of some, some, some form. And, and basically everything from the way you check in a guest, the way you sell your rooms online, the reporting, the analytics, the, fin the fintech side of it, just dumbed it down, made it super easy and the company took off. So it, it's crazy to think 10 years ago we started and now we're close to, I think we're actually at 800 employees in 41 different countries serving, you know, customers in 157 countries. Uh, so it's been quite the journey. Uh, and we're very, very humbled and proud by, by all that we've accomplished for sure. Well, you should be proud because you saw a need. And I love the fact that uh, Rich and you both said, okay, we want to travel the world, but we don't want to stay at the big name brand chains. We want to stay at you know smaller venues, smaller resorts, independently owned and operated because that money, you know, not that the money doesn't go back in the community if you stay at a Marriott somewhere, uh, but if you're staying at a local independent, you know, that person or that individual or that team, you know, lives in that community. They operate in that community and it benefits them. And you saw a problem. And I remember, you know, traveling many years ago prior to the internet being a real big thing. You'd call or you'd use a travel agent and you'd 
book reservations, and there was that. Well, once the internet came into play, and of course, those big players have the resources to invest in systems, and they designed it, and you know the, the clients that you serve um, didn't have that access. And like you said, they, they had things cobbled together where it's like, okay, maybe how do I put up a website? Okay. How does that information tie into this? You know, they were probably using spreadsheets and who knows what else, uh, to book reservations and very manual, very hard to find things. So, you know, the fact that you and Rich saw a need, you know, really, really created an opportunity for these businesses to, quite frankly, level the playing field for them. And that's one of the things that I love doing. You know, I I support local businesses. You know, one of my favorite restaurants uh, where I live in Toronto, and I split some time in America's finest city. And I, I, I real quick, I want to comment on something. You've been to, you said, 57 different countries. Uh, yeah. and, so, and you still say, and I wholeheartedly agree with you, San Diego is the best city in the world. Um, it's, and we could go on and on and on why I love that. The first time I ever went there was in 95 and have been back there several times, set up a business there. So I got a footprint there, um, working on my wife, who's Canadian, to um, immigrate there. We went, the first time she ever went to San Diego was earlier this year, and she was okay. amazed by real vitamin D and, and the flavor of foods. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, that's, that's real vitamin D. It doesn't come in a little bottle that you take, you know, a few thousand milligrams of. No, it's, it's, it's real. They, they deliver it that way. It's, you know, they skip the middle person. It goes right to you. Uh, but we're working on that, but that's another story for another day. Um, I'm, I'm not saying that I'm gaslighting her, but kind of am, but that's all right. She knows it. I, I publicly admit it. She knows it. But you know, the fact, again, getting back to you know the software that you created, it, you know that it, it's such a game changer for these organizations. So when you came up with the idea to address this, you know what what were those early days like? Because you know, for, in ten years, I know there's obviously a lot of stories and eight hundred plus employees globally. Uh, that's not something that you necessarily map out on a napkin. Going okay, we're going to have eight hundred in ten years. We're going to have eight hundred employees around the world. I mean, how how what was those early days like in 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 trying to solve this need that so many of these you know million plus properties needed? So there was a there's a lot in that question. Not to go back to San Diego, but we just got rated eighth best taco in the United States as a city. Super disappointed in that. Totally flawed. There's no way that's possible. Rigged. Rigged. I know. That, that's kind of <laughs> I, but anyway, I saw that article. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Very disappointed, but knowing knowing your 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 passion for our, our amazing city too, I thought I'd drop that little line in there. Anyway. We wanted to build a transformational business. Now, our definition of transformational has two sides. It actually has three sides. It has great, great employee success. Because if we know that our employees are doing something right and they're passionate and they're happy, that's going to transform into great customer success or product success, right? And if that's there, we're going to have business success. So we see transformational as three three sort of buckets, and it's in that order that we put our bread priority. Rich and I didn't just want to build a software company and eventually sell it. We knew the odds. Statistically, it's very unlikely you become a unicorn. It's very unlikely you sell for $100 million. It's very unlikely you even get to $10 million in recurring revenue. That's just the odds against you. And you know, 35% of small businesses fail in the first year. I mean, it's an astonishing rate. But entrepreneurs are there. The, the term founder means to fail or sink. Um, just learned that recently and loved it 
because I think there's this sort of concept of founding anything. You, you have to be willing to take a little water on. So our first years was taking on water. It was pivoting. We had a third founder. That founder is no longer with the company. Um, that was probably one of the hardest decisions both of us ever made in our entire life. Uh, we had ups and downs. We almost ran out of money twice. We had to basically skip payrolls at times, right? We hired the wrong people early on. We hired the right people too. And so balancing all those little juggling acts never sort of detracted from the core goal. And that was to build a place that we were both equally proud to come to work every single day, surround ourselves with the best team in the world, build the best product for an industry that we cared about. And then we'd see where the rest took us and the money, the IPOs, the, you know, Inc 500 listings, all those things were, were cool. That was just icing on the, on the cake. And so to get nostalgic, when you look back 10 years, 10 years and a few days, we have our birthday um, on the 4th, we're doing a big company celebration. You know, one of our, one of our staff members that's helping put this together was like, what is your favorite moment? And, and, and I honestly, I don't, I still don't know how to answer that. Um, uh, Michael, I still haven't quite figured out what is my favorite moment because there's so many moments there, but I think the beginning was probably the, the sort of most challenging, but also the most rewarding. So every time you went up, you had a down too, right? So, and it was with that sort of roller coaster and that sort of organized chaos, I think you begin to gain some of the core values in our company, like grit, for example, like that's one of our core values. We, we speak about it constantly. You just get a little thicker skin. You sort of prepare yourself for anything, right? And then along the way, we realized there were other sort of values that individuals at this company shared that just reinforced our culture a little bit more. And I told Rich this recently, and he agreed. I was like, I stopped coming to work um, in the last year. Despite COVID and how hard that was in the pandemic, I stopped coming to work anymore. I, I come to make a difference. I, I feel like there's this sort of mission that I'm responsible for as part of my, my role at CloudBeds. And to watch that evolution happen in 10 years has it, been one of the best journeys of my life, right? And so for me, early days, chaos days, great, because it led the, it built the foundation for everything that's now. I love that you come to make a difference. You're not coming to work. And that's, that is a, it sounds simple when it comes to words, but the, the meaning and the infrastructure behind that is so dramatically different. You know, the, the work that you've done, you've, you've done it. it. It's there. Now it's, okay, what can we do to innovate? It gives you the opportunity, especially when you have a team the size that you do, it gives you that opportunity to go, okay, what's next? Because there's always transitions and changes in every industry and in the hotel and travel and leisure. We're seeing some of those changes. Of course, the pandemic forced some of those on us, but that there's, there's other things too. And, you know, having, having the technology that you have makes it easier for you to roll out initiatives that you may see other vendors do or something that you may, you know what, they're not doing it. Why don't we do it? And I, that's where you are now. Now, before you're like, okay, we got to level the playing field. So these million plus properties can play in the same sandbox as everybody else. Well, now you're in a position and I know you're doing it already and have been where you can say, you know, we're going to do something that they're not doing. They're going to copy us. 
and wow, is that a game changer? It's like, okay, yeah, that, that's pretty cool that, you know, they're trying to, you know, take on this uh, thing that we're doing with the software now, or you know, just, you know, an experience. Cause that's, I think travel is an experience. And it, when someone, you know, of course we know travel is not cheap uh, and never has been, but you know, it's, there's costs involved in all of that. And it's an investment for people, but ultimately when they get to a resort and everything happens, all the, all the pieces that move together, it's easier when the software is strong like yours, because that allows that resort or that hotel or whatever to be able to do what they're supposed to do is to make an amazing experience for their guests and make it a great place for people to want to work so they don't have the great resignation challenges that we're seeing so many other industries suffering from. And it's, it's just, you know, that's just some accolades uh, on the work that you've done because, again, over 10 years, you've had many of opportunities to basically refine, listen, you know, figure out what, you know, what the challenges are today, because I'm sure the challenges today are different than they were 10 years ago and being able yep. to adapt, you know, to meet those needs. So, so your customer base continues to thrive and, and grow. And we're not perfect by any means. And I think we also appreciate that. Right. And, and that's part of, that goes back to like one of our values. You know, we have this concept of 1% improvements, right? If we just do lots and lots and lots and lots of 1% improvements, this organization, our product will look so much different. Our culture will feel so much different. Um, the way we service our customer changes drastically as you, as sort of you, you add up all those little improvements. I, I think the interesting thing is travel was hit by a meteorite. Um, when the lockdowns occurred in, in 2020, uh, I, I remember being quoted on the major publication saying that I thought it was going to be the digitalization, this era of digitalization for hotels. It was this opportunity for hotels to eliminate all the things that guests hate the most, right? Like, I don't want you in my room changing my sheets and my towels. I'm not a king. I don't need new beds. New bed sheets and towels daily. That's just absurd. Let's do something right for the for the for the environment. Two, I don't want to wait in a queue after I've traveled across country or flown over overseas to like get my hotel key. I just want to go to my room. I want to know that it's ready. I don't have to wait three hours because I happened to arrive early because I was the only flight that got me to your town. And so there's some flaws in just the way we experience travel too. And they're never going to be they're never going to be perfect, but they're getting to become near perfect. And CloudBiz is really trying to lead the way. The thing that I'm most excited about, Michael, is in, in 2020, the largest population of future travelers shifted. It shifted between an older generation to a younger generation. So 1979 was that cutoff. So after 1979 is the largest population of future travelers in the world. That population wants a totally different experience than what the older generation. You you talked about the good old days where you called a, a travel agent, that travel agent booked all your reservations and then sent you a sort of a written itinerary. Now that's still possible through digital technology and they still exist and but they've evolved. What I love about the needs of a future traveler is very different. It's very experience-led. It's less focused on the accommodation. It's more about the accommodation plus, 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 all the things that go around that accommodation. Uh, in many ways, it, it means that accommodation can change. It can change its way of, of providing accommodation. It could be a hybrid. It could be a dormitory. Like You travel has changed forever. You're getting these hybrid hotels where it's part... 
you know, hostile, which always had a negative tone to Americans for some reason. I have no idea why, but it's one of the fun, most fun places you can stay if you're traveling alone. And then you also have this sort of short-term rental-esque where it's multiple bedrooms with a kitchenette and a central living. Um, those are, 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 are transforming how families travel, right? Instead of getting the adjoining room, you're just getting a short-term rental. Uh, the other interesting thing is if you look at just savings across that same demographic of people, they're not buying the flat screen TVs or the motorcycles or the other sort of discretionary to- toys. They're, they're saving up for that experience. They're saving up to go backpacking around the world or scuba dive with a, a great white. And, and so if you look at how much bullishness we have in the industry in the next five years, there'll be a billion people staying in a hotel for the first time. And that's an astonishing number of people, right? But to catch up um, from a tech perspective, like not only is our industry lagging, um, there are just some laggards that are holding our industry back. And Cloudbids is, is not only trying to fight to get a seat at the table, we've earned it now. Well, we're now saying this table's moving over here. <laughs> Y'all are either going to join us or we're just going to create our own little new club over here because it's just pandemic shouldn't have been as bad as it was for hotels globally. And part of that was it's very hard to do six foot, you know, separation in an elevator in New York city. If you've ever been in one of those hotel elevators, it's one person at a time, you know, they're tiny. Um, and if you have, you know, door locks that are physical keys or uh, using technology that doesn't cl- connect to the cloud, it's impossible to do social distancing checkout as a result of an infrastructural fail. So there's so much, so many things that we got to continue to sort of work on to get us to the state of future travel that I think we're all excited about and that we talk about frequently, but we're making steps in the right direction. And so going back to that 1% improvement, I feel like at least Cloudbits is making, it's doing its part. I have a team that wakes up every day excited to do that. We have leaders that focus on creating environments for our employees to be successful in. And so like all of that sort of adds up to our small, small part of, of an industry that is rapidly changing faster than any of us can keep up with because the consumer is changing so quickly. But more importantly, if you were stuck at home for two years and you were in China, um, which had probably some of the strictest lockdown, 350 people travel for the, for the first time in two years by the end of Q1 of next year. I mean, man, that is just like bats out of hell, right? Like just just tremendous amount of force coming out in, in, in vengeance on this revenge travel concept. And so like we are, we are so excited to see what the next two years are going to look like. But then you have this term, the, the recession, the inflation, the, the, the war. Um, you know, we have a huge team in Ukraine. So, you know, Putin's a huge asshole in our eyes. Um, I probably, it's sure that's in a lot of eyes, but more importantly, like we need some things to stop. And that will really sort of uh, encourage just a world reset. Um, and that will get people back out there sooner. But all in all, it's been a great sort of quicker recovery to to new normals um, for our industry. We, we thought it would be 2024. It's kind of accelerated one year. The 2023 U.S. and parts of North America and Central America are already back to their peak in 2019, which is great. Um, but we're just going to keep waking up every day, come in and have fun at CloudBeds and see what we build next. And, you know, you touched on so many great points and, you know, just, you know, thinking about, you know, again, you know, the people that were in lockdown in China, you know, they are, you know, very pro 
vacation and travel and things like that. So you think about you know destinations in the U.S. that you get a ton of travel. You know, we'll we'll pick on Orlando, and there's some amusement parks there, and 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 all of that. And you know, they're going to be slammed. So that means they're going to be looking for places to stay. So because of this travel boom, you will likely see you'll see a combination of investment from the, the big players that are like, okay, we need to build additional places to have people stay because we don't have any. But then you're also going to see the opportunities for entrepreneurs and founders to say, you know what, I, I think we should set up shop in some of these big travel cities around the globe and and roll something out. And the fact that you know there's technology that's available that will help with I don't like to call it the back office because it's more than that. It's part of a system. It's part of the DNA and the infrastructure of a of a successful entity. But someone that could say, you know what, I'm going to be able to acquire the DNA to be able to be successful and make it easier for people to have that experience. And, you know, real quick before we wind up, you know, there's a resort and again, America's finest city. They're not a sponsor, so I'm not going to mention their name, but I've stayed there a few times. You know, I get, you know, an email, you know, that they have a package deal. It's like, Hey, come stay with us. You know, here's two tickets to the San Diego zoo. Again, highly recommend if you haven't been, um, but it's, you know, and I'm not, again, we don't want to make this a, a all San Diego show, but it, it's, there's a reason why so many people say it. It wasn't like two people said, oh, yeah, America's finest city and it's stuck. No, there's a reason. Um, but I'll let you go and experience it and figure it out for yourself. No, not giving away the Colonel Seeger recipe on this show anyway. But end of the day, there's just going to be a lot more travel. And again, once we get past these post-pandemic challenges of inflation, war, supply chain issues, all the things that we've been experiencing, um, once that eases up and we get to the next normal, whatever that looks like, I, I, I think the floodgates, pardon the pun there, uh, will will open and people will just really be anxious to go if they haven't gone already because like, okay, we've got the money, we've yep. been saving, let's go. And it, those areas, they're going to need to be ready and utilizing your software is going to help them do just that. We hope so. We hope so, for sure. Awesome. Adam, I've loved this conversation. Where can people find out more about you, CloudBeds, and everything else you're doing? Uh, EasyCloudBeds.com. You know, we're always hiring for new roles, so check out our career page if you're interested in being part of a travel industry, but more specifically, work for a travel tech company that loves its employees and wins awards for its culture. Uh, we'd love you to come check it out. That's awesome. I'll definitely have that in the show notes and, and kudos to you for winning awards on culture because that's an area that I do a lot of work with teams and uh, you won't have to worry about the great resignation hitting your team because you take care of your people and they take yep. care of you. And it's it's a simple equation. And for some reason, so many organizations don't get that math. But anyway, loved our conversation, Adam. Thanks so much for your time today and continue being well. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Breakfast Leadership Show, part of the Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.